perfect. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 22 of the Bright Lights Podcast. I'm your host, Deegs. Joined, as always, by my two wonderful co-hosts, Mahoney. Saw, dude. And PT. How's everyone doing today on this beautiful day of March Madness? Yes, yes sir. The madness is here. Um, all or, or, sadness, or sadness. Yeah, they're definitely already busted. Yeah, in, Mah- um, in Mahoney's case. Sadness. No, I'm good, dude. I only have one, one, one pick on the day that went south. Hey, your Murray State pick is looking pretty good so far, man. It is, but that Yale over LSU pick, no bueno. I thought he picked Yale over LSU, too. Yeah. That, that, the ending of that game was nuts. Yeah. But, um, you know, we're going to kind of shy away from the madness today, talk a little baseball. Uh, I think it's going to be a strictly only baseball podcast, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Yep. A um, few things, a couple um, house cleaning stuff before we get in here. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, um, at Bright Lights Pod, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, check out sportsregime.com. That's where we're at right now, too. Remember, podcast, top left-hand corner, click on it. It'll take you to the Bright Lights Podcast. All our stuff's going to be on there. Um, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you like it. Or, or, any, or any star rating. Give us a zero. Let us know how we're doing. If you think we're terrible, just give us a zero. I'll, I'll probably cry or something, but it's fine. Who cares? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, that's just a bunch of basic stuff. Um, and Mahoney, we're going to start talking to baseball PT as well. So go ahead and get us into this, buddy. Dude, it's baseball season. It's a great time. <laughs> this is the best time of the year. We got hockey playoffs. We got March Madness. We got the beginning of baseball. And the baseball's actually, baseball season has actually already kicked off with the Mariners and Athletics playing. Um, well, well, before we get into the extensions and the predictions of the standings, let's talk about Ichiro Suzuki a little bit. I just brought this up because we were talking about this before. We totally forgot. I was going to bring it up. But, yeah, dude, so sad. Yeah, it is sad. And just a couple of things I want to talk about is, one, the strike three call he had in his first at-bat was not strike three, so screw that umpire. And second of all, his ground out, his last at bat. How do you not call the man safe? Yeah, I'm, I was. I saw that on Twitter. I was like, because uh, someone put a video of it. I mean, he was out. Yeah, but it was but, a bang bang play. Yeah, I mean, it's it's each row. His last yeah. at, his it's his last ever at bat. Just call him safe, man. Call yeah. him safe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, definitely definitely heartwarming. I woke up and saw that. Um, if you watch the video of him getting pulled out of the game. It's pretty intense. I've never seen a baseball stadium like that before, rocking like that. Yeah. Um, and then the Yusei Kikuchi thing, when he gave mm-hmm. him a hug, he started crying. Yeah. That hits home. Uh, definitely, dude. Ichiro, obviously, he's the first bat Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. Some might say he's probably the greatest contact hitter of all time. Out dude, there, for the sure. Yep. American League Rookie of the Year and MVP his first season. And, I mean, he's, he's kind of like one of our guys, you know, like one of our oh, yeah. generation's guys because he started playing the, pretty much around when we were all like one or two years old. And it, ever since we've all started watching baseball, Ichiro's been there. So it, it's definitely sad to see him go, but mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a fucking legend, dude. It's, it's Ichiro. Oh, Ichiro's the man. I remember all the backyard baseball games, all the 2K games, all the MLB The Show games. He was the man. I actually want to talk about one thing real quick before we get into everything with uh, the whole Ichiro thing is the fact that ML, I, I know everybody didn't know that he was retiring after this game, but it was on the table. And I feel that MLB did a disjustice kind of to the fans because if you think about it, 99% of this country was asleep while the game was going on. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, 
It's great for Ichiro that he was able to retire in his home country where he started everything and got everything done. I know that was special to him. But for all of us here, all the people that he's our favorite player, all the people that really watched him over the past, was it, wow, he's been in the major leagues for 18 years. Well, 19, actually, if you count this year. Yeah. Um, just no, I feel like they didn't publicize it enough because – I don't know. It's tough to think about how they could have publicized it, but it's just, short it, it's just tough. He told him like before the game, like, yeah. yeah, I'm retiring. Yeah, it's it's tough to kind of figure out how that would have went, but I feel like it definitely would have been more special if the whole country knew that this was it. I bet you a lot more people would have woke up early to watch the game this morning. I definitely would have been up to Oh, I would have been up too, yeah, if I knew it was Ichiro's last game. But, yeah, so I think now it's time to talk about some of the uh, – what current players still going. Huh? Yeah, we're we're going to talk about some of the current guys, dude. Yeah, some each of the current guys. Each retired. Each one's gone. Now time to move on to the future. Uh, we got five extensions to talk about in the past, like, three days. Everybody's getting a fucking extension nowadays. So we'll start off with – we're going to go down to Tampa. We're, we're going to go down to Tampa. Two big extensions for Tampa. Yeah, we'll start with the smaller of the two with Brandon Lowe. Uh, he's, like, he's their top prospect right now. He's actually on my fantasy baseball team. Got got a lot of faith in the guy for this upcoming year. Um, after they traded Jake Bowers, there's rumors going around that he might be on the big league club to start the year. Um, after seeing this extension, I'm pretty sure that's a lock that he's going to be on the big league club. Um, again, uh, we'll get to the Eloy deal, but it's kind of like that where he hasn't been in the major leagues yet. Or well, Brandon Lowe actually has been in the major leagues. Probably the last year. Yeah. Man. Last but year. he was he was awful at the time that he had last year. He started his career like 0 for 18. Uh, again, low risk deal. I mean, six years and or I think it's six years, but really low money. It's really it's like, cheap. It's 24 million, so like 44 million a year. Yeah, it's really nothing. cheap. It's absolutely nothing. It's a great deal. I mean, it's a great deal all around because every single on every single one of these extensions that was given out in like the past three days are all really good deals. Yeah, for both sides, really, if you think about exactly. it. Um, Brandon Lowe, uh, I, I hope he does well. It was a six-year contract extension. Yeah, so, six years, yeah. $24 million, yeah. yeah. Uh, now we're going to go over to Blake Snell, the Cy Young Award winner. And actually, it was funny today at baseball. We actually talked about it a little bit at baseball practice. Blake Snell, reigning Cy Young Award winner. I'm still not con- – I know he had a great year, but I'm still not convinced that Blake Snell is the Snellzilla. Um, he, he was just really bad a couple years ago. I think that's why he didn't get as much money as he probably deserved. The Rays probably told him, Hey, we, we know you had a great year last year, but a couple years ago you were sent down to the minors. So I, that's kind of why people are kind of shell shocked that he didn't get, you know, a ton of money that he probably deserved from winning the Cy Young. So I could see that's probably the reasons why he didn't get that money. Yeah, I mean, he, him and Trevor Bauer are kind of in a similar situation. Like, t- like two years ago, Trevor Bauer had like a, like a four or five ERA, mm-hmm. and he wasn't really that good. And then out of nowhere, he had last year, and he was outstanding. Kind yeah. of the same thing with Blake Snell. Blake Snell was really good last year. I think he had like a sub two ERA. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I think he was, was hovering around there. Yeah. He was like a legitimate ace last year. Um, I I think if he if even even if Chris Sale was healthy all year. There's a solid chance Snell might have even won the Cy Young Award without mm-hmm. Chris Sale getting hurt, just because of how good he was. Um, 
Again, buy low deal. Uh, Five years, good, 50 mil. Yeah, there's a very good chance that if Snell was on this trajectory, that his arbitration years would have made him the highest paid arb pitcher ever. So it's a win-win for both sides. Snell gets guaranteed money, and the Rays get a potential ace for a fairly cheap contract through age 30, too. So he'll be coming out of his prime when he hits free agency. But, yeah, really good deal. Um, the Rays are really underratedly smart team. Everyone, I mean, they don't spend a lot of money, but they they, they make really good moves. The Tampa Bay Rays are a very good organization. They really are. It, that, that this was a really good move by them, especially. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. Uh, so now let's stick with the AL. We're going to go over to Houston. We're going to talk about my boy Braggs. Um, Bregman, you know, the, he's the man. He's been clutch. He's so good. He's, he's, so so good. Good. he's hilarious. If you guys follow, if you, I don't know if you guys watch his YouTube videos, but they are fantastic. Um, I mean, honestly, with how young he is, he's still probably one of the best third basemen in the league. He's top five for sure. Yeah. Definitely. He, he deserved everything that he got from that deal. Um, his deal, it was five years, 100 mil with a 10 mil signing bonus. Again, for top five third baseman in the league, that's really that's a great deal for both sides. Yeah, dude, I'm gonna go on the limb and say that when this contract is up, it will he, he would have been underpaid because this is a guy who is entering his prime. I hope so. Yeah, he's entering his prime. Last season, he was a legitimate MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to win an MVP at some point before this contract is up. Also on my fantasy team. Um, a fantastic defensive third baseman too. Um, he rakes. He he just he's just a great ball player, dude. Um, Alex Bregman is a man and a half. I don't know many people that don't like him. Uh, he's definitely top five third baseman. He's probably right in there in the conversation with Jose Ramirez for who's the third or fourth best third baseman in baseball. I think top two is pretty much locked in, mm-hmm. but he's really good. He's a really good baseball player and. This is a really, really good contract for the Astros, considering that, again, he would have been a guy who his arbitration numbers would have been super high, and he would have hit the free agency market and possibly signed for a higher market value if he wins an MVP in the next year or two, which I could definitely see happening. So really good signing from the Astros. Again, super smart team. No one can argue that that, that the Astros are not a super smart team. Um, I would not be shocked if they extended Garrett Cole at some point this season to mm-hmm. uh, keep that core. Uh, Berlander's a free agent, too. I think he'll hit the market. But Garrett Cole could legitimately be another extension candidate for, again, one of the smartest teams in baseball. Yep, definitely agree. Um, now now let's swing over to St. Louis. Let's go to the arch. Um, Paul Goldschmidt actually just happened three, four hours ago. Yeah. Um, great deal. What was it again? Five years, 130? Five years, 130. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's 31. I think last year, J.D. Martinez, he got a 5-110 on the free agency market. Um, again, really good deal from mm-hmm. the Cardinals. A lot of people are going to criticize his contract because he's because uh, Goldschmidt's 31. But when you get a guy who is like uh, – he, other than Joey Votto, might be the best first baseman in baseball. And the it's debatable plays, between him and Joey too. Yeah, the guy plays gold glove caliber defense every year. He's an MVP candidate. He hits for contact. He hits for power. Um, so underrated. Now he's playing on kind of a more marquee franchise than the, the Diamondbacks. So hopefully he'll get some more respect uh, and the respect he rightfully deserves. But he's so good. It's it's unbelievable how good Paul Goldschmidt is. Mm-hmm. Uh, One thirty for five years is roughly somewhere around twenty five million dollars. 
per year. Obviously, there's incentives, but such a good deal by them. They traded away not that much to get him. Nope. They locked him up, and he's going to be their first baseman of the future, probably through the end of his career, which is good. Great move for the Cardinals. You get a guy who is the best at his position for fairly cheap. Always good. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Um, now let's go Let's go up north to the Chi-Town. Chi let's go to the south side. We've got Eloy. Um, we've got Eloy for possibly eight more years, uh, definitely six. Uh, we signed to a six-year deal, $43 million with the last – we could make it a two-year – an up to eight-year deal with the two club options at the end of that deal. If those two club options do happen, it would go up to 77 or like $73 million. Uh, which, I mean, I know we haven't seen him in the big leagues yet, um, but again, this is a low, this is a very good deal if Eloy becomes what he is said to be. Um, I know around Chicago, I'm listening to all my White Sox podcasts, they're saying that Eloy, his ceiling is like, he's going to be like a generation talent, but his low, worst he could be is Carlos Lee, and we all know Carlos Lee was a great baseball player, so... If we can get a Carlos Lee kind of player with that kind of money, I would definitely be okay with that. Um, I, I'm pumped. I'm excited. I can't wait to see Eloy up because now that we have this deal, I've seen uh, – I think it was Passan, a couple yeah, other guys. So I said it to you. Yeah, yeah a couple guys uh, said that he might – or he will. Not definitely, but there's a good shot that he will start on the opening day roster, which is what the White Sox fan base needs. Yeah, Eloy is really good. Um, I've been saying it for a really long time, that trade for Quintana, unless the Cubs win a World Series because of it, which I highly doubt they will, that Eloy-Quintana cease trade is going to go down as probably one of the worst trades in a very, very long time. Almost as bad as, as James Shields for Tatis. Yeah, if, uh -huh, he's, yeah. if he pans out to be what he's what he's been in the minor leagues, and definitely maybe worse than that trade. But um, I agree, Eloy at his best is... 40-plus home runs every single year. The yep. defense is kind of shaky. He's got a cannon of an arm. I have heard that we might move him to first after Abreu's gone. It's possible, yeah. He's got the frame for it. He's, what is he, like 6'4"? Yeah. He's, he's, he's a real big dude. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, those two club options at the end, they're going to get exercised. So you'll have him for the next eight years. And then that guy is going to hit the free agency market at the age of 28 and make a shit ton of money. So the White Sox better enjoy having him through 2028 because he's going to cost a ton of money after he hits that free agent market. Yep. Um, but yeah, re re really good deal. I, like I said earlier, every single extension, really good. I hope the Padres do this with Tatis. I think a lot of teams, you're, you're, you're going to start seeing a lot of guys, not just necessarily rookies, but a lot of guys in general um, with how shitty, at, at least until the, the new CBA comes through in 2020, with how shitty the free agency mm -hmm. market is and how guys like Gio Gonzalez are uh, make, getting minor league contracts or Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell are still not signed yet, which is insane to me with, with opening day a week away. But um, definitely guys are going to start signing extensions if they're happy. We saw Charlie Blackman kind of started this thing, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. So... That does it for our extension talks, and now, now I, the big, I baby the, the best big part, part about this. I, I'm pumped. I, I love doing these uh, division breakdowns. It's fun to look and see what we can expect for this upcoming year. We all know that our predictions are probably going to be way off, but I'm feeling good about these, dude. I don't know why. I, I wasn't feeling good about the National League West. I'm feeling good about these. 
Yeah. So today we're going to stick with the NL. We're going to go to the NL East. We're going to the other side of the country. We'll go same order as last time. With Mahoney will take it, then Deegs, then PT. Um, so let's start it with the Braves. So the Braves subtracted some guys, not really too much. Uh, Rene Rivera, Kurt Suzuki, Lucas Duda, Ryan Flaherty, Brandon McCarthy, two retirement, Anibal Sanchez, Brad Brock, and Peter Moylan, who said he was retired, but is still says that he may want to come back. But so really nothing really hurt them there on the subtractions, but they got two additions, uh, Josh Donaldson, which is a big one. And Brian McCann, who, you know, all you guys in Braves country, if we have any Braves fan listening, I know you guys all love him. He's a homegrown boy. Um, you guys needed a catcher. Brian McCann's a good fit, a good leadership role. Now, this is where I want to talk about the Braves, their prospects. We can see up to five starting pitcher prospects with the Braves this year. And Mike Soroka, Kyle Wright, Bryce Wilson, Tuki Toussaint, who actually is, not as of now, going to start in the big leagues. And then Luis Gohara. Um, they're all great pitchers. Um, all of them are in the top 100. Um, I mean, th- th- this Braves team is kind of reminding me of how they were in the 90s. Um, their pitching staff, if, with how young they are right now. Because um, right now they have Mike Fultonowitz and uh, they've got a couple other guys. Julio Turan. Um, they're all right. They're, they're a subpar starting rotation. Uh, but if, they, if these young guys turn out what they're going to be, it's going to be like that rotation in the 90s with... Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz. It's going to be locked down. It's going to be exciting to watch. Um, I have the Braves finishing in second place at 88 and 74. And I gave them a B for this offseason. I thought they uh, they definitely attended to what they needed to and they didn't lose too much. And I think re-signing Marcakis is what's really going to make this season great for them. Yeah, dude. Um, there might not be a team more loaded with talent um, pitching wise and offensively than the Braves look just their whole team is there is absolutely loaded with talent offensively it's the same you have Acuna Ozzy Albies Freddie Freeman is so beyond good he's right up there with Joey Votto and Paul Goldschmidt is the best first baseman in baseball uh, you have Marquez in the outfield again super good player super underrated guy Andrew Inciarte is a stud no one talks about him enough. So this team is really good, really good. They're very scary, and they're going to be very scary for a really long time. Obviously, Dansby Swanson, former number one overall pick, still looking for him to piece it together. But he's at best, at worst, he's a really good defensive shortstop that can hit. He's a good eight, yeah, eight or nine hole. Yeah, two sixty-five, two seventy. He can run a little bit too. Biggest question mark I wrote down. There's two big, big question marks for me. Um, can Mike Fultonevich, Kevin Gosman, and Sean Newcomb, who are their current one, two, three guys on their depth chart. I know Tehran is starting opening day, but I'm just talking about in terms of talent, in my opinion, those are the three best guys. Can they repeat the success they had last season? Sean Newcomb was great. Kevin Gosman was really good after they acquired him at, at, after the deadline. And Mike Fultonevich had like a 2-5 ERA. He was a stud last year. Um, losing Annabelle Sanchez does hurt. He had a really good year for them last year. I think he had like a sub-2-5 ERA. So that's really good. Um, there's no other farm system in baseball other than the Padres that has this many pitching prospects in the top 100. Padres have seven, Braves have five. Um, I think those five of the Braves are going to be really good, especially Tuki Toussaint. He's really good, super underrated guy. I have him as a potential dark horse. If I was a betting guy and did like like Vegas odds, him, 
as a Cy Young Award winner would not surprise me because he's really, really good. I would bet real low on that. Um, the second concern for me is their bullpen. Uh, really, other than um, their closer, who I think is a role this Vizcaino, I'm pretty sure, their bullpen kind of sucks. Um, they, they're definitely a team that I don't know why they haven't been calling Craig Kimbrell all offseason. He's nasty. He would fit in such a good fit for this team right here. But I could definitely see them adding a reliever at the deadline, multiple relievers potentially at, at the deadline. They need, they need to do something about this bullpen because especially <coughs> of their pitching staff, um, they're going to have to have a strong bullpen. But again, a team loaded with offensive talent. I could definitely be wrong with this prediction, but um, just the pitching in the bullpen really concerns me as of right now. I gave him a B just because Donaldson, uh, the addition is going to be good. But I think losing Brad Brock with how thin their bullpen is is going to hurt them. So I have him going 85 and 77, which I believe is yep, it's good number um, fourth in the National League East. I have him finishing fourth, and I'm going to preface this right now. Every single team, the fourth place team, which is the Braves, and the team I'm going to have in first place are separated by three games. Mm -hmm. That's how good this division is. And also, because every single time that all four of these teams play each other, I think it's going to be a dogfight. I don't have a single team in this division winning more than 90 games just because of how close and how I, I, I don't see it. I don't see a team coming out of this division having to play every other team that many times, winning more than 90 games. But, yeah, um, Atlanta could finish fourth. They could finish first for all I care. I don't know. I Right now, that's just a concern. I have them going 85 and 77. All right, yeah. Uh, you guys covered a lot of good things. Um, yeah, the Braves lost quite a bit. Um, I love the Donaldson sign. Donaldson is just a great explosive player. He's someone fun on the team. He's good in the clubhouse. Definitely. Um, he's definitely going to bring a positive side that you know the Bra- they'll just add on to the Braves. Um, the prospects, like the, it's always a good feeling when and you have five really good prospects, and the fact that they have five starting pitchers that can possibly come up this year has to be like feeling great to any Braves fan. Um, that's always great. Uh, Deegs, you talked about their bullpen struggles. We looked also at another team that has great offensive explosion in the Cubs that. Their downfall is their bullpen. So we know how important the bullpen is, and that I think that could definitely affect them this year with how tight this race will be for the uh, for uh, this. Um, yeah, the NL East. Um, so with that being said, uh, I have the Braves going 85 and 77. Um, oh, like, yeah, baby. Yeah, so that, that gets some in mind. That gets them good enough for third. Um, and for their offseason, I gave them a B because um, I, I love that Donaldson signing. Yeah, I definitely agree. Now let's go over – this is an interesting team right here in Washington. I love talking about this team, dude. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting team for sure with Washington. Um, they they lost not a lot besides Harper, but they lost Weeders. They lost Harper, Mark Reynolds, Tim Collins, Kelvin Herrera, and Greg Holland. Um, again, they didn't lose too much. I mean, Weeders was a subpar catcher. Bryce Harper, I mean, they're going to miss Bryce Harper. But I, I to this, if you asked me today – how I felt about the Bryce Harper signing. I really don't think it's going to hurt the Nationals as much as everybody's saying. Um, Mark Reynolds, Tim Collins, and Greg Holland were really just smaller guys that they're losing. And Kelvin Herrera might actually hurt them a little bit because he was pretty good in their bullpen. But even though everybody's focusing with the Nationals losing Harper, they made a couple great additions for their team. Um, obviously, with the Corbin signing, um, they signed Dozier. Jan, they got Jan Gomes in the trade. Uh, Kurt Suzuki, Matt Adams, Anibal Sanchez, Trevor Rosenthal, Kyle Barclaw, and Tony Sipp. So improving the bullpen, 
finally getting a stable catcher who I think is very underrated in Jan Gomes. Um, they they made the team better than they were last year, and they they've got two prospects that I'm ex- not one of them. I'll, I will know that they will be on the big league team this year. The other one's kind of up in the air. Um, outfield Victor Robles. Um, he's been in, he he's had his time in the league a little bit over the last couple years, um, but this is the year now that Harper's gone that he's really gonna get his shot. Um, guy can fly. He's he's got a plus speed. He's got A plus fielding. His hitting still need he, his hitting's there. It'll do, um, but really you're gonna get him for his fielding and his speed. And then the interesting one that I want to talk about is their shortstop Carter Kaiboom. Um, he he's been playing great all spring. Um, he hit a bomb a couple of days ago. I forgot how far it went, but it was an absolute bomb. Um, with Trey Turner at short, Trey Turner can also play in the outfield. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Uh, the Nationals, I have them having, like, they 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 finished, I think, after everything last year, I think they finished two games over 500. Um, I've got them going 84 and 78, which is, again, this division's going to be really close. I have them finishing in fourth place with 84 wins. Uh, I gave them a B for this offseason. Yeah, dude. Um, the Nationals, to me, are one of the more interesting teams going into this year. Um, you said, like look, like you said, obviously, that, that they lost Harper. So that's, I mean, you lose a superstar. It's, it's never going to be good. But there's no better team in baseball that could have afforded to lose Bryce Harper just because of the two young prospects they have. We saw Juan Soto last year was amazing. Had it not been for Acuna just taking off completely, definitely would have been the rookie of the year. And Victor Robles has been a top five prospect for like the last three years. The dude can fly. His He's gold glove caliber defense day in and day out. And I do think his bat will play. Um, they they lost Matt Wieters. They replaced him with Jan Gomes. That's an upgrade for me. Uh, Matt Adams is a really good bat off the bench. Um, the biggest thing that stands out to me with the Nationals is I believe hands down, and other than Cleveland, maybe, is Cleveland is the only team that can, that can compete with them on this. They have the best rotation in baseball. Uh, Max Scherzer is arguably the best pitcher in baseball right now, depending on how you look at it. Steven Strasburg is very a very good number two, a very good number two. Patrick Corbin, and then you go to the bottom of their rotation. Annabelle Sanchez was so good last year for, 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 for the Braves. He was really good with the Marlins a while ago, too. If he can even mildly repeat his success that he had last year. That's going to be four legitimate pitchers for the for the Nationals. And pitching always plays. Pitching wins games, so that's really good for them. Um, their bullpen got better. Kyle Barraclough is really good. Tony Sipp gives them a solid left-handed bat, to, uh, a left-handed reliever to combat all the good left-handed bats they have to face in this division. So he's going to be um, really, really important for them. Mahoney, <clears throat> we talked about this the, the other day about Trevor Rosenthal. The guy throws gas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just as if he can control it or not. Uh, he's looked meh. Uh, if, 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 if he hones in and gets it done, that's going to be a solid piece for them. And Sean Doolittle is a really good closer, another yep. left-handed pitcher out of the bullpen. He's very solid. Um, for me, uh, the two guys I'm looking at this year, Adam Eaton and Jan Gomes. Adam Eaton was out last year. They traded away. Um, Lucas Giolito for him, who at the time was a very highly touted prospect. Uh, I think he's going to have to step it up now that, that Harper's gone. And Jan Gomes coming off career season, 
keep Who's that. Been, he's been raking in spring training. If he keeps that going with the guys that they have around Juan Soto, um, obviously Trey Turner is a very good player, One an, an up-and-coming superstar. Anthony Rendon, super underrated guy, another guy that will probably get extended this offseason. He's a stud, legitimate MVP candidate in my opinion. And then you have um, Ryan Zimmerman, veteran presence, Robles, Brian Dozier, who I think is a really good fit for that team there. That's just a really overall solid team, in my opinion. So, surprisingly, I have the Nationals going 89-73 and 73 and for winning this division in first place. Interesting. I give, them, I give them a B-plus just because of their additions. Even though they lost guys, they filled that, those guys that they lost with better players, obviously, except for Harper, but they have the the prospect capital to um, shed back and support themselves, even with Harper gone. So, yeah, B-plus, 89-73, and this is my team to win the National League East. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you guys, too. I don't think um, Harper's going to hurt them that much. Um, you know, I also love the um, additions with Dozer and uh, Corbin. I love Corbin. He's electric on the mound. And the guy who I'm really excited about, we've already touched on too, Mahoney as well, is Victor Robles. Uh, this guy is going to, I believe it's this year, and I even picked him up on my fantasy because I believe it's this, is, is, this year is his year. Um, with that being said, 87-75 um, is what I have them, have them at. That puts him in second place and also just gave him a B-. minus. Um, I think that it, it, Harper's not going to hurt him that much, but you, you're losing a super, uh, superstar as well. Um, but like I said, Corbin and Dozier definitely puts him to that B level. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so... Now we're going to go over to the team in the division that probably had the biggest offseason out of everybody in this division and arguably probably one of the biggest offseasons in the league. Um, we're going to go over to Philly. Um, they, they lost a little bit, not nothing too much, though. They lost Wilson Ramos. They lost Justin Bohr. They lost Jubal Cabrera, Jose Bautista, Luis Avalon, and Aaron Loop. Um, Jose Bautista is still a free agent, so you never know what's going to happen with him. Justin Bohr was awful on the Phillies last year when they traded for him. And Wilson Ramos was kind of just meh. He, he was all right. Um, again, probably he's probably still one of the best catchers in the league, though. Um, now, the additions is where Philly really made their step up in this division after having an amazing start to the season last year and just burning out of gas at the end. I feel like these additions really helped them out. Um a lot of people don't realize, but the Phillies did finish under 500 after that very hot start. They had an awful end of the season. Um, so the additions that they had were McCutcheon, Segura, Harper, Romito, David Robertson. And th this next one I'm going to say, that no, not a lot of people know about it yet, but James Pazos from the Mariners, keep an eye on him, Jose Alvarez, and Juan Nicasio. Um, so... With the Phillies, they had. They, I, I just feel like they got too tired at the end of the year last year. And getting these superstars who have been in the postseason and do have that um, that mental capacity of playing a whole 162, um, a guy like McCutcheon, great leadership presence, great, great hat on his shoulder. Harper, he's been in the playoffs, even though, you know, hasn't won one. Um, Real Muto. Uh, hasn't been a playoff either, but you know what? It, I, I'm interested to see what Rio Muto does in in the spotlight after being in Miami, where he was kind of the only spotlight for that Miami Marlins team. Uh, David Robertson, Yankees, he was in the spotlight, and 
Remarkably, even the White Sox, he was in the spotlight a little bit when the Sox were in the playoff chase. It was, I think it was 2012. Um, but you know what? I'm excited to see this Philly team. Um, they're actually one of the only teams that I think will win 90 games this year. But I will say that this Phillies team, um, even though with all the additions, I think their head coach is a big question mark. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works in Philly. Um, I have them going 91 and 71, finishing in first place, and I gave them an A minus for their offseason. Yeah, dude. Uh, like you said, no no team in baseball, in my opinion at least, had a better offseason than the Phillies. They definitely made a ton of good acquisitions. Uh, Wilson Ramos, he's, he's a good player. They lost him. They replaced him with a better player in JT Real Muto. That's always good when you lose someone and you replace them with a better player. Mm-hmm. Um, they made acquisitions for really five really solid, solid players. Obviously, Harper, McCutcheon, Real Muto, Segura, and David Robertson's a pretty under-talked about guy who's going to have a big impact for that team. Um, for me, they're starting pitching. Aaron Nola, bonafide ace, showed out last year. He was really good. Um, the two guys I'm looking at, three guys actually, I'm, I'm looking at Jake Arrieta, see if he can kind of regain that form. Mm-hmm. Not as good with the Cubs, obviously. A little bit older now, but <clears throat> looking to see if he can live up to that contract he got. The two guys I'm looking at are Nick Pavetta and Zach Eflin. Can those guys take the next step and turn into three and four starters that will give the Phillies a fairly solid rotation? If they can do that, I could definitely see this team winning over 90 games. Um, the big move for me, obviously, when you get Harper and McCutcheon and you add that to a really good outfield uh, with a Drupal Herrera, the big move for me is that those two acquisitions allow Reese Hoskins to move over to first base where he's more comfortable. He is not a, He's not an outfielder. That guy's going to be playing first base for them, and he doesn't have to worry about um, necessarily playing gold glove caliber defense and just focus on raking, which is what he does. He mashes. Obviously, you get JT Real Muto, who's the best hitting catcher in baseball right now, and Gene Segura, so underrated. There was a need for them. J.P. Crawford really wasn't getting it done, even though he was a highly touted prospect. Gene Segura... A guy who gets who hits for a ton of contact, uh, gets on base, doesn't strike out a lot. A veteran presence as well. So I, I really like all the moves that this team made. Uh, the back end of their bullpen is really good with uh, Pat Neshek, Dave Robertson, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Hector Norris. This is a really good overall team. Um, that being said, I still think the Nationals are better just because there's not enough, there's not as much question marks with their pitching staff. So I'm going to give the Phillies an A-plus for their offseason. Obviously, you get a guy like Bryce Harper and fill around, fill, fill out the rest of your offseason with four really good uh, players. That's going to garner an A-plus for me, the best offseason in baseball. I have them going 88 and, what is it, 74, 88 and 74, and finishing in second place, a game behind the Nationals. Yeah, um, you guys get to touch on everything here. Um, Harper, they – Phillies won the Harper Sweepstakes, so what that does for them, it's, uh, it sells jerseys, it fills the stands, it's going to do a lot for them. He's a superstar, he's definitely going to put them over the edge. Um, Mahoney, you touched on the fact that they kind of burn out, and I agree with you. Um, definitely with you getting some superstars in here with some experience in the playoffs will definitely help you stay, con- you sit so on quote, conditioned, or whatever you want to say. Um, yeah, but uh, what I gave the Phillies, uh, I gave them an A, obviously because they won the Harper Sweepstakes. Um, they also got some other good key role players that will help them out as well. Um, I gave the Phillies an 88 and 74 record that puts them in first place, and I gave them an A for their offseason. Yeah, so now we're going to go to Draftneck Mark's team, the New York Mets. Um, 
the Mets, they're a team that I'm actually really going to pay attention to this season. Um, they're they're kind of be going to be like my third team this season. Um, they they didn't lose a lot. They lost Jose Lubaton, Wilmer Flores, Jose Reyes, who's still a free agent, Austin Jackson, who is also still a free agent, Jerry Blevins, and AJ Ramos. Um, they 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 got a lot of people. They got Cano. They got uh, Ramos. They got JD Davis. Adini Hechevaria, Keon Broxton, Jed, Jed Lowry, Edwin Diaz, Jurius Familia, Justin Wilson, Luis Avalon, and Hector Santiago. Um, you know what? With this Mets team, um, I, I, they're big question mark for this upcoming year. Being a New York team, um, they're always going to be on the spotlight. Last year, they did not do it. They had a rough year. Um, I think the big thing is, is that they stay healthy. Um, they had injuries with Syndergaard last year. The last couple of years, they had injuries with Cespedes the last couple of years. Um, they're going to be an exciting team to watch. They definitely got their bullpen so much better. Getting Edwin Diaz, getting back Jury's Familia, which makes that trade to the A's look a thousand times better. Um, it, 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 the, Mets, the Mets are looking good for this next year. They're definitely looking better than they were last year. And my boy, Peter Alonzo, um, one of their, their the, he is their top prospect after trading Kalenic. Um Peter Alonzo, who as of now looks like he's going to start on the minor league team, uh, even though he should be on the major league roster because it's either Peter Alonzo or they have another prospect at first base that's kind of washed up. Smith. 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 Dom Smith, that's right. Dom Smith, yeah. Um, Peter Alonzo, I'm very pumped to see. Um, like uh, I said a couple podcasts ago, he's my favorite to win Rookie of the Year in the NL. Um, the Mets are going to be a great team to watch this year. They're, uh, they're going to be an exciting team to watch for sure. Um, they've got the Flash with Edwin Diaz and Cano and Jurius Familia. Um, th- this team's going to be good, and I'm I'm pretty pumped to watch it, watch them play this year. I've got the Mets going 86 and 76 and finishing in third place, and I gave them a B for their offseason grade. Yeah, dude. Um, obviously, the Mets have a really solid rotation. Uh, the top two, the one-two punch of Noah Syndergaard and Jacob DeGrom is really solid. Steven Matz looking to take that next step for them. Um, hopefully he does. I mean, this is this is a really good Mets team right now. They're kind of going under um, – not, not really many people are talking about them kind of because of obviously the Phillies and their moves, Washington, e- even the Braves. But the Mets could very well win this division. Um, their bullpen punch of Jerez Familia and Edwin Diaz, in my opinion, is the best 8-9 duo in all of baseball. Uh, Familia's always been good in New York. He struggled a little bit in Oakland, but um, New York's his home. He, he loves playing there, so I, I could really see him elevate his game. And then, obviously, Edwin Diaz had a historic season last year, almost broke the save record. So, really excited to see how those two guys move going forward. <clears throat> this team is scattered with young talent. You got a Met Rosario at shortstop. Uh, you got their outfield of um, Conforto, uh, Juan Lagares, and Brandon Nimmo. Um, you have Peter Alonso at first base. Um, Jeff McNeil is kind of a utility role, when, or their their second baseman of the future when Robinson Cano eventually hangs it up. Uh, the Cano and Lowry additions, pretty good signings, better presence. Uh, Cano is still good, even though he's uh, old. Lowry, if he stays healthy, going to be a good player. Big signing for me, in my opinion. The big key addition for them is going to be Wilson Ramos. 
Uh, the dude rakes. He's not very good defensively as a catcher, but who cares if you can hit the shit out of the ball? And that's what he does. He can hit. And, um, you know, for a team that didn't really have good catching depth, to say the least, um, the, the last couple of years with Devin Mazzarocco, Kevin Ploiecki, this is a really good uh, signing for them and Wilson Ramos. Uh, Peter Alonzo, like you mentioned, I, I, I think he should start opening day for them. Honestly, he's just, the dude just hits for power. He was put on this planet to hit a shit ton of home runs. That's what he does. Uh, if this team can live up to what their potential is and if the young guys can play well, it's a very scary team. I have some question marks still if those young guys will pan out. I'm not very high on Ahmed Rosario. I think he's a good player, but he's very overhyped in my opinion. And I'm not sure how the back end of their rotation is going to do. So for that reason, I did give him a, a B plus just because Edwin Diaz, Familia, and Ramos are all good signings for me, and they fit positions of need. I do have them just like you, Mahoney, going 86 and 76 and finishing in third place in this division. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of when we kind of first started this podcast, we did predictions for free agency. And we, we were kind of going off on how the, the Mets weren't doing anything. And then all of a sudden they came out of nowhere and definitely surprised us for sure. Um, with that being said, with all the additions they added, um, I gave them a B-plus for free agency. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they do, how all this kind of – how the puzzle pieces are put together and see how uh, everything works out. Um, I have them going 84 and 78 and finishing fourth in that division. Yeah, again, that division's going to be really tight. Probably the most fun division to watch in the league. Um, now let's go to the bottom of the barrel Can here. Let's talk about the Marlins for like maybe three minutes max. Let's yeah, do it. Let's someone, do it. someone put us on a clock right now. All right, so the Marlins they lost uh, two people: Derek Dietrich, JT Realmuto. Got some additions, some veteran guys, probably to teach up the younger guys. Curtis Granderson, who's a Chicago boy. Uh, Neil Walker, Jorge Alfaro, Sergio Romo, Riley Farrell, Austin Bryce, and Julian Fernandez. Um, the saddest thing about this team, they have two players in the top 100 after trading away two MVPs and the best catcher in the league. Um, Sixto Sanchez, who they got for Real Muto, and Sandy Alcantara, who I think is a homegrown boy for the Marlins. No, they got him from um, the Ozuna trade. Ah, so look at that. Two MVPs, they didn't get anything out of them. Um I have them finishing last, but I'll, I'll give my Marlins fans some hope. They're going to win 70 games this year. They're going to go 70 and 92, um, and I gave them a, a C for their offseason. They really didn't do much. I I write notes for every team before we do these. All I wrote for the Marlins notes was they're awful. Um, I give them a B- minus because Sixto Sanchez is a pretty good player. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, if the Padres last year didn't win 70 games in – a worse NL West. I don't think there's a chance in hell the Marlins win 70 games in this loaded of a division. I have them going 60 and 162, finishing with the worst record in baseball. That's all. I have nothing else to say about them. That's it. No, yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, I didn't know they did anything in the offseason. I gave them a C because that's basically an average. They didn't do anything. Um, they're definitely going to be at the bottom of this division. I have them going 68 and 94, being in last place with this division. Uh, how do we do, guys? Do we do we make it in the three minutes? I think I think we did get in the three minutes. Um, but you know what? We love doing this stuff. We and, do. And and you know what? Um, be ready for a lot of episodes this next upcoming week before the season starts. We still have uh, was it four more division breakdowns to do? We have a week, so we're gonna 
We're going to get on that. Four grind. episodes in uh, probably six days. So yeah. we're going to go crazy these next couple of days. We love it. We're pumped about it. So don't think that uh, this is anything bad for us. Hell yeah. Um, I think that's all we got today, right? Yeah, yeah. that's all we got. And I, that's all the baseball news. Nothing to talk about. Opening day in a week. MLB The Show comes out on Tuesday. Um, it, it, it's going to be a great week. Great week. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks again for listening. Um, we'll uh, we'll hopefully get a bunch of content out for you guys if um, in the next six days. Hopefully this one comes out soon. And uh, thanks for listening and have a good one. Thanks, guys. See you later. Have a good day, guys. Perfect.